Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Stories are extremely important. Stories are powerful. Stories often make the difference. That's why uh, we tend to become very loyal to certain authors. Their stories impact our lives. That's, that's even why we go to these things that have moving pictures on the screen. And uh, we buy into them because of the stories. One, uh, one man said this. I think this is a powerful statement. He made this statement. He said, we as a species are addicted to story. Even when the body goes to sleep, the mind stays up all night telling itself stories, especially if you eat pizza. Okay, yeah, all right. So tell, stories have this power to make uh, change in us. In fact, one man said this. I think this is another powerful statement. He said, uh, if you want to learn about a culture, listen to the stories. Then he says this. If you want to change a culture, then change the stories. You stop and think about how powerful a statement that is. That is a dramatic statement to us. Jesus was, uh, he, he bought into the idea that stories are powerful. In fact, we can say this about Jesus, can't we, that he was a master storyteller. He had this ability to take things around him and create these stories, these accounts that would impact their day and now our day. Jesus understood that power, but probably the clearest example of his understanding of the power of stories was found, is found in uh, Mark chapter 5. Interestingly enough, uh, in Mark chapter 5, we read a story that Jesus didn't tell. Jesus didn't tell this story. In fact, uh, what makes this account so powerful is that Jesus told them, told this individual that we're going to talk about for just a second, to tell the story. Jesus didn't tell the story. He tells him to tell the story. You know, the accounts Mark chapter 5. Jesus uh, gets in a boat. And this, the, we missed this. I want to make sure you get this. Jesus gets in a boat, goes across the Sea of Galilee, eight miles, steps off the boat. And then this is what we miss. Uh, we, we know this account. A man comes running out of the cemetery, possessed by demons, a legion of demons, right? And, and Jesus throws or casts the demons into pigs. Now, we, we, what we miss in all that is this. Jesus went eight miles for one man. Because if you continue to read the account, I'm not going to read it to you, just tell, tell you, we'll, we'll go somewhere else. But, but, but if you re read the account for yourself, you recognize that as soon as Jesus deals with this man and gets rid of the demons out of this man, he gets back in the boat, goes back across. That was his whole business. And this is not the sermon today, but may I tell you that Jesus will go out of his way just for you. He will make a special trip just for you. Whatever your situation is, whatever your chains are, whatever bondage has caused you to be in bondage, Jesus will get on a boat, go out of his way, cross whatever he has to cross just to get to you. That's a powerful statement to us this morning. I hope it brings hope to you because that's what this man encountered. 
This demon-possessed man runs out to find Jesus. Jesus deals with his bondage, casts the demons into the pigs. The pig keepers don't like the fact that he has just ruined their business because the reason those pigs were there in the first place was that the Romans were, were uh, 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 sacrificing them in a temple that was there on the hilltop, and they were selling those pigs for sacrifices. Jesus wasn't even supposed to be there. Jews don't go where there are pigs, right? So Jesus goes. He casts the, the demons out. The pig keepers come out. They run Jesus out of town. And this now free man follows Jesus back to his boat, and he says, Jesus, I want to go with you. You've changed my life. My life is entirely different. Can I go with you? And Jesus, understanding the power of a story, says, no, what you need to do is you need to go back and tell them your story. And he gets in the boat and leaves. Then Jesus, sometime later, gets back in the boat, comes back across the Sea of Galilee, and now, after being chased away by the pig keepers, now when he sets foot on shore, 4,000 people show up with all their sick and diseased bringing them to Jesus. My question is, what turned, what was different? What, what caused such, why did rejection suddenly become reception? And why did a group of people that expelled him now arrive on the seashore with expectation? Can I submit to you this morning that the only thing that changed was the story? The story caused the change. We think other people's stories are more powerful than ours. We, we know their stories are powerful, but we underestimate the, the power and the influence of our own story. We should know better than that because in Revelation, here's our text that will kind of take us throughout this entire series. The, the, the overarching text is this, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, which uh, I could quote to you the way I learned it, but let me read it to you out of the NIV. It says this, they triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. They, they overcome, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. What's that saying to us? You can go back and read the context. The context is this, is that there's a war going on and the enemy of our soul is, is coming against uh, the children of God and he's combating them. And the, the writer of Revelation, John, says, listen, the way that they won their victory was this, by the blood that Jesus shed on Calvary and also by the word of their testimony, their stories created victory. Our story is important. Our story is mighty. Our story is powerful. But I want to caution you this morning because there is a challenge that we face in our Facebook world. There is, a, there is a challenge that we have to address in our Instagram story, whatever they call them. What do they call that thing you do? Uh, in, in, what's it called? No, no, no. The, the storyboard? Is it? What's, it's your, yeah, your Insta story. I don't know. There's something you can post that it's live and you just, people follow your story, right? See how much I use it? Uh, there's a challenge we face in that. There's, there's a dilemma there's a subtle change that has taken place in our sports center society. Perhaps the, the best modern-day example of the challenge we face uh, and the danger that we are coming up against is to listen to the GOAT. Now, for some of y'all, you're the GOAT. That's, that means the greatest of all time. By the way, that's not LeBron James. 
the only people that think LeBron James is the greatest of all time are those that don't really know who the real greatest of all times is, Michael Jordan. All right. Don't make me preach up in here. All right. Uh, Michael Jordan said this. Listen to what he says. He understands the dilemma. He said, maybe it's my fault. Maybe I led you to believe it was easy when it wasn't. Maybe I made you think my highlights started at the free throw line and not in the gym. Maybe I made you think every shot I took was a game winner. Maybe it's my fault that you didn't see the fa- that failure gave me strength and that pain was my motivation. Maybe I led you to believe that basketball was a God-given gift and not something I worked for every single day of my life. We are highlight-driven. That's really what Facebook is, isn't it? Is everybody makes their life look perfect, and then you want their life only to discover later it was just a highlight, and that's not really what their life really was like, and they were faking it. And Okay, um, here's the problem. is The problem is we tend to only focus on highlight reels and never become highlight real. Okay, so Michael Jordan would go on to say this. He said, I missed 9,000 baskets during my career. He said, I lost almost 300 games. He said, I missed 26 game-winning shots. Listen to what he said. He said, I have failed over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. Jesus did not accept highlight reels from people. He demanded that we embrace the real part of life. Perhaps the one example that I can turn you to uh, just in passing that illustrates this better than any other is the, the account in John chapter 4 because in John chapter 4, Jesus encounters a woman who tries to give Jesus a highlight truth. Jesus is dealing with the Samaritan woman and he has this interaction with her and they're discussing life and he looks at her and he says, go and get your husband. And she tries to respond with a highlight reel. I don't have a husband. That was partially true. It was part of the story. And Jesus comes back at her and he says, you're right. You have no husband, but you've been married five times. And the man you're living with right now isn't your husband. And then Jesus says, go. And she runs back to town and she says to to the people of that community, Come and meet a man that told me all about me. Jesus refused highlight stories. So from what Jesus illustrated and knowing that our story is supposed to have power and it helps us to overcome and it's, it's designed, our story is literally designed to help, give, help uh, other people overcome as well, then I want to teach you a couple things that we need to know about our stories. Based on what Jesus and and his interaction with the woman at the well, with the demoniac man, knowing that Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 says that we overcome by the power of of our word in connection with the blood of the Lamb, then I want to teach you some things about our stories because we have to be able to tell our stories. The first thing I want to say to you is this, is that half doesn't make whole. Let that sink in. Half does not make whole. Too often today, we don't really see the impact 
of our story on other people like the demoniac man did or the woman at the well did simply because we we do not want to highlight real. We just want to show half the story. Okay. So we want to tell half the story. We like to tell the good part of our story. Okay, you're going to see the rest of the video in here in a minute. We're playing it backwards. Because all we want to do is show the good part of our story, the highlight parts of our story. There are some issues with that that I want to share with you that this morning. The first is this, that it is the whole story that produces and leads people to healing. Half of our story leads people to hopelessness. Let that sink in. Because this is what happens if we only tell half the story. When we only tell half of our story, do you know what happens? It makes us look good. When we are willing to step up to the plate and tell our whole story, you know what happens? We make God look good. When we only tell the highlight reels of our life, all we do is we make us look like a hero. But when we're willing to share our entire story, it makes God look like a hero. That's the difference between half and whole. See, you need to understand that even though your highlight may be powerful, without sharing the backstory, it is partial. You also need to understand that your highlight may be compelling, but it's incomplete. If you don't tell the whole story, it's incomplete. I want to share with you this morning that this, there are two things that happen when you only tell the highlights of your life. When you only tell the good part of your life and make everything, everybody think you glow in the dark because you're so spiritual and make everything, everyone think you've always been as nice as you are now and to make everybody think that you're as cleaned up. You've always been this nice and clean and you never said anything you weren't supposed to say and you never did anything wrong. You never kicked the dog. You never killed a cat. Whatever, you know, whatever. You just make everybody think that everything is perfect, right? Okay, two things happen when, that, when you do that. First is this. If you only tell a partial story, then people fail to understand that there is a process that leads to promise. Have you ever noticed that uh, people want quick fixes rather than uh, committing to long-term difference? Uh, If you only tell part of your story, then what happens is that people will want what you have, but they want it quickly. And so they don't, they weren't, they're not willing to walk in obedience over an extended period of time. So they'll run to altars, but they won't alter anything in their life. So, they, so when it doesn't work for them on the first time, see, they're, they're watching your highlight reel, and they think it worked for you the, for, in, at the first time. What they don't know is that week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade, you kept walking in obedience, and then one day you woke up, and you're as cleaned up as you are right now, and you're as nice as you are right now, and you're as spiritual as you are right now. But if you don't show them that and only show them the highlight reel, they will walk away from the very thing that could have impacted their life because it didn't happen quickly. There is a process that we must follow to get to promise. Uh, Our half stories make it seem too easy. So those that hear our partial story, they want this quick fix for issues that they took decades to create. And they don't want the process because we don't show them that this, this is a long arduous process. Some of us have been working on this thing for a long time. How many of you have been saved more than two years? Raise your hand. 
Yeah, how many of you have been right with God for the last 15 years? Raise your hand. All right. Okay, it's going down in number. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. How many of you would testify that you, you're further along now than you were when you first started? Please, more people raise your hand. Okay. All right, this is a process. This is a process. I didn't, I didn't show up preaching. All right. I didn't come out going, hey, let me give you a word. No, I was spoiled. I was, I was a brat. I was mean to my sister. Don't tell her I said so. Um, I shot her with a BB gun at least once. Uh, um, see, I'm telling the backstory now. See, now, now you know there's a process involved. Now, now, now. Okay, so enough of my story. Uh, uh, but we won't show them the process. We just want to show them highlights. I've always been like this. So then when it gets tough, they're out. The second thing that happens is that when we only tell partial stories, we fail to reveal the partnership, the partnership that leads to promise. Our half stories don't reveal the fact that our healing comes when God intervenes and we make necessary changes. Y'all missed it. I said it so quick, you missed it. We don't show them, if we only show them highlight reels, we don't let them see that there's this partnership that took place, that God intervenes into our situation, and then we make the necessary changes. I can't get no help. All right, so let me break it down for you. What that means then is people watch our highlight reel, and they recognize that we're walking in financial freedom, but all we want to show them is the highlight reel, but what we need to show them that is that there was a, partnership that took place and God intervened and showed us that we needed to handle our stuff better and then we went home and we made better decisions and we cut up our credit cards. I knew I wouldn't get no amens here. Okay, so uh, we, 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 want, we want them to see the highlight reel that there's been a relationship healing take place in our life, but we, we, don't, we don't show them. If we only show them the highlights, we don't show them that God changed our heart and then we went home and changed our tone. It's a partnership. Can I tell you this morning that what needs to happen is that we need to let people know the part of our story is, uh, is this, but God. They need to know that they need the, the whole story. They need to know the but God part of our story. I was headed to destruction, but God. I was broke, but but God. My relationship was falling apart, but God. I was bruised, but God. They need to know the but God part of our story. But they also need to know the but I part of our story. God stepped in, but I also, leading, following the process, I changed what I thought about. I changed what I watched. I changed who I hung out with. I changed the tone of my voice. I changed the way I treated my spouse. I changed the way I worked. I changed how I did at school. I changed all this stuff because of what God did. I grabbed a hold of him, and we partnered for my freedom. If you only tell part of the story, you don't reveal that partnership. The other reason that we have to tell our whole story is this, is, and this is important, weaknesses witness. 
weaknesses witness. Paul understood that. You know the account. It's in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. This is what he says. He says, because of the extravagance of those revelations, and so I wouldn't get a big head. I love Paul. He said, I was given a gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angels did his best to get me down. What he did, in fact, was push me to my knees. No danger then of walking around high and mighty. At first, I didn't think of it as a gift, and I begged God to remove it. Three times I did that, and then he told me, my grace is enough. It's all you need. Listen to this. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. I'm reading it out of a different translation because I don't want you to hear it like you're hearing it for the first time because we know how to quote it. His grace is sufficient. Right? But listen to what he says. My strength comes into its own in my weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations in stride and with good cheer. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks. I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Paul understood that weaknesses witness. Craig Rochelle made this statement. I think it's a powerful statement. He said, we may impress people with our strengths, but we connect with people through our weaknesses. Listen, I cannot relate to Paul if he has no weaknesses, but because Paul had weaknesses, I can I understand him, and I will let him speak into my life. Listen, your neighbor will never relate to you if all they see is you glow when you walk out every morning and glow when you go in at night. They need to understand that there are weaknesses and that you have the same trials and the same situations that they face, but there is somebody that is a partner with you that's working through your weaknesses. They relate because of your weaknesses. So what am I saying to you? I'm saying this. Don't waste your weakness. Don't waste it. It's in your life on purpose. It's a gift. Your weakness gives you the opportunity to witness through telling people, I can't do this on my own, but I know somebody that can help me. And because I know somebody that can help me when I see your weakness, I know somebody that can help you. But we don't want people to know our weaknesses. We hide our weaknesses. See, I I need to convince you this morning that people need to hear our pain. If people don't hear your pain, they will never desire your prevail. I'm going to say that one more time because it blessed me when I wrote it down. And so I don't care if it blesses you or not, I'm going to say it for me. People need to hear your pain because if they don't hear about your pain, then why would they ever want to prevail? If they don't think you've ever overcome anything, why would they think you've overcome anything? Without the pain of your story, your story not only seems impossible, because isn't that what we do? We put the impossible on display and we never t- tell people the backstory to let them understand that there's a way that we got there. If you don't tell them the whole story, if they don't hear your pain, they will 
think they will not only think that your story is impossible. Listen to what happens. They will think that your story is impersonal and that it's unobtainable. So it is absolutely important for me to tell you this morning, for everyone sitting here, we need your story. People need to hear your story, but they need to hear your story a certain way. They need to hear your whole story. Your story can change the world. It can change people's lives if you'll tell them the whole thing. Can you imagine what it would have been like in, in Jesus' day if he healed, sets this demoniac free and he tells that man to go back? He couldn't lie about his story. Everybody knew who he was, but let's just play like he lived today. On Facebook, he would have said, I've always been this blessed. That was my twin. Y'all, y'all got me confused with somebody else. That wasn't really me. And we would try to, he would try to hide the fact that's who he was. But because he told the whole story, other people were set free too. We need your whole story. Watch the rest of the story. So if you show up here on a Wednesday night, you're in youth, you're going to see Jess lead the worship. And we go, oh, she's always been like this. Because see, we want to show the first video, which just shows that everything came out okay. But most of us don't know each other's backstory. And so we miss the process. And we miss the pain. And so we don't think it's real. Because we don't know what people came through. And so what I am encouraging you to do this during this series is this. I'm asking you to go back and think about your own story and be willing to share your story. Now, here's the, here's the dilemma. We live in a highlight-driven world. 
We don't like to highlight ribs. People get uncomfortable. Y'all weren't nearly as boisterous in that video as you were in the first video. Oh, in the first video, so cute. It is imperative for us, every one of us, to do something. We are going to have to wrestle with the real of our story. We want to show everybody. We want to show everybody the results, but we don't want anybody to know about the wreck that led up to the results. And I want to challenge you this morning that some of you, I know some of your stories, but a lot of you, I don't know your stories because we hide from one another. We put on fake smiles every Sunday, and the same fake, fake smile that we put on Sunday, we take to work on Monday, and nobody's impacted by our story. And it's because we allow the enemy to shame us with our story. But Jesus said that there is no condemnation in him. In Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. So our story is part of who we are, but that's not who we are. That's what happened to us. That's not who we are. So we should have this ability to walk back into the painful moments of our life and share them and be open about them and tell people about them so that they understand that we prevailed. They can look at our pain and it becomes personal to them and it, and it even becomes obtainable. I can make it. If they made it through what they made it through, then surely I can make it through what I'm going through. But people never come to the conclusion that they can make it through too because we won't share the real parts of our story because we allow the enemy to shame us into silence. And we become mute because of our mistakes. And what I'm asking the Holy Spirit to do during this three or four week series is this, is that over the course of the next few weeks is that many of us would wrestle through our own pain and our own story and we can tell it, and we don't have to be proud about it, but we don't have to be ashamed of it either. And I tell my whole story. I tell people, I, I shot my sister with a BB gun. But look what I turned out to be. My heart was broken, but look at my life now. I made horrible decisions. I was self-centered. I only thought about me. My life went off the tracks. But now look. I broke not only my heart, but I broke other people's hearts too. I didn't just hurt me, I hurt them. My life was a mess. But God. And they go, wait a minute. I get the but God part, but you were like that. Oh yeah, so if God will do a but God for you, he'll do a but God for me too. And our story communicates if we're willing to tell the whole thing. And some of you have only been telling highlights. And it's time to come to the place in your own life where you're willing to battle through the shame so that when you bring other people to Jesus, they come because of your story. I want you to stand with me this morning.
Father, this morning, this is my simple prayer. I'm asking you to help everyone in this room become brave enough and bold enough in society that says they don't want it all. They just want the best looking parts. I just pray that we would become bold enough and brave enough to share our pain so that people will also want our prevail. Father, I'm praying that we would become real with one another so that we can be real outside these walls. I pray that you would help us to be real about what we've walked through, what we've experienced, what we've encountered. I pray that we would be real so that people would recognize that there's a process that leads to freedom. I pray that people would see in us that there's a partnership that led to our freedom. We didn't just pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps with self-will and self-control. No, this was a partnership. The only reason we're here is because of what you did and because of what you did, we made some good decisions after that. God, I pray that you'd free us from shame today. I pray that you would free us from brokenness today. I pray that you would enable us to wrestle with the real parts of our life and be willing to share them when the time is right so that others will come flying and running to Jesus, wanting the transformation they see in us. Help us to become real, I pray in Jesus' name. This is what we're going to do this morning. I want you to find a place to pray, whether that's here in the front, or at your chair, and this is what I want you to do in just the next few moments. We're not going to tell you long, but in the just in the next few moments, our mind, at least mine, I'm sure yours is the same, often acts like a movie. It plays. I, I, it's like I'm I'm watching reruns of of life. I'm asking you today to let that happen when you kneel. Let the story of your life play across. Now, what that means for some of us is that there are going to be moments in that where we're ashamed. And I'm asking you to stop. Every time you feel ashamed, I want you to stop right there in that in that sequence. Just stop it in your mind. The Bible says we can take every thought captive. Stop it right there and begin to talk to God about, God, I need you to overcome the shame of this moment so that I can begin to tell this part of my story. Because it's this part of my story that will allow someone else to experience freedom. They overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Some of you have great shame in your life, and I believe today that the Holy Spirit is going to set you free, and you're going to be able to to say the parts of your story you've been unable to say. There have been blanks. There's been long gaps in your story, and people look at you and go, well, it's doesn't even make sense. How can I get to where they are? I don't understand. It's because you need to fill in the gap. But until you deal with that shame. So right now, wherever you need to go, whether it's up front or at your chair, would you just find a place to pray, to, to begin to allow that movie to play in your heart? They're going to pray. They're going to play softly as they do. I just want you to allow the movie to play. And every time you come up against a moment filled with shame, I want you to stop. I want you to stop and ask God to deal with the shame once and for all today so that you'll be released and free to tell your story. Come on. Come on.
It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.